0: Hi, if you enjoy Lot of Fact, I want to tell you about another podcast I host. It's called Legal Tensor, and with the same blend of fun and substance as Lot of Fact, guests join me to discuss timely legal issues. It's a great way to gain insights and to help you start a conversation on legal stuff that matters. It's available on all the usual podcast platforms, and while you're at it, if you could subscribe or like either of our podcasts, it would be super helpful. And now here's an episode of Lot of Fact. Hello, this is Professor Leslie Graffel tenzer and this is Law to Fact. Today I'm speaking about evidence with Professor Lisa Griffin. In this episode, I speak with Professor Lisa Griffin professor of law at the Elizabeth Haupt School of Law, where she teaches, among other things, criminal procedure, evidence, and interviewing, counseling, and negotiation. In this episode, Professor Griffin walks you through the special relevance rules, 403 through 415. She talks about when to know whether something's relevant and when to understand whether a particular piece of evidence is admissible in a court of law. And there's an Easter egg at the end of this conversation where she really nicely explains how to evaluate the admissibility of evidence for purposes of an exam. Enjoy. So let's talk about
1: evidence. Okay. And what are we talking about today? We're talking about relevance, but more specifically about the special relevance rules that are in the Federal Rules of Evidence, going from 403 through 415. All right, so
0: let's start at the very beginning. I always All like right. to sing the sound of okay. music we're starting at the very beginning. <laughs> um, just place me in relevance. Okay. I, evidence is not my thing. Okay.
1: One of the first things we address in, in evidence uh, are the rules that um, allow in evidence, that require that evidence be relevant. Uh, If evidence isn't relevant, it can't come in. It's the most basic rule of evidence. Uh, But under the federal rules, it's a very low standard. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Evidence just has to have any tendency to make a fact that's an issue, a material fact, more or less probable than it would be with the evidence. It's a very low standard, It's like the metaphor is it's a brick and not a wall. A little teeny piece of evidence that would seem to be relevant but not particularly important is going to be admissible. So can you give me a quick example of that? Well, um, a quick example would be... Well, for example, here's one that we don't really usually allow, but um, relevant evidence, uh, the fact that someone fled after they did something. Right, right. Uh, Evidence of flight is always admissible as some consciousness of guilt, but you know it may not be. There may be other reasons why they fled. And okay. may, you know, it's it, it's it's just circumstantial evidence, that sort of thing. But it doesn't really matter how much weight it has, as long as it makes something more or less probable. All right, so Very it is low right, okay. And so, you know, uh, um, the federal rules were designed for uniformity, but also to um, Make as broad as possible to make as much evidence admissible as mm-hmm. possible. So this rule of relevance is very basic. The thing about to, to understand about relevance is, no in, no piece of evidence is inherently relevant or irrelevant. Yeah. It all depends on what issue it is being offered on. Okay. Okay. So you have two boxes. You have your piece of evidence, and then you have what is the issue, and that's how you can determine if it's relevant or not in the case. Uh, so for example statutory rape for example um the defendant wants to bring in evidence that the victim right uh, said she was over 18 and was dressed very elegantly and he really thought she was over 18 mm-hmm. he had no intent to commit a crime well that is entirely irrelevant because statutory rape is a is a um, strict liability, strict liability crime. Right. crime. So, all right. So, I see what you're saying.
0: Right. So, in sexual so rape, is sleepy is engaging in intersect
1: yeah. with a, with a, someone under a certain age. Period. End of story. Right. Of course, the defendant wants to show that he didn't know that she was underage because right. we all non-lawyers would say that's extremely relevant why punish him then he didn't really do anything wrong right but the statute the elements of the statute make that evidence utterly irrelevant okay now it might be relevant if you change box b to be his sentence okay because then the judge has discretion right there's a statutory range you know zero to 10 years mm-hmm. and there if you change the the issue right suddenly that same piece of evidence yes. is now relevant i see got it so that's relevance you have to you have to know what the elements of the uh, charge or crime are by the pleadings or by the statute and you have to know what the defenses are okay and then once you figure out what this piece of evidence might make more probable or not you can figure out whether it's actually relevant in the case hmm that makes sense. Yeah, That's it's interesting. Sense. Yeah, most issues of relevance are decided in favor of admission. Okay. Unless, and then there's four hundred three, right? That's four hundred two. Relevant. So federal rules of evidence right. four hundred three. Federal relevant evidence is admissible unless any of the following provides otherwise. That's four hundred two. Okay. And if there's a rule that provides otherwise, or the Constitution, for example, mm-hmm. will keep out legally seized evidence. Right. Right. That's right. Even though yeah. it's re- very relevant, right. usually it's dispositive. <laughs> okay. And 403 says the court may exclude relevant evidence if its probative value is substantially outweighed by a danger of one or more of the following, unfair prejudice, confusing the issues, misleading the jury, undue delay, wasting time, or needlessly presenting cumulative evidence. So that's the first basic rule. That judges, even though something is relevant Mm -hmm. and would be admissible, a judge has discretion to keep it out if the judge thinks it's going to lead to a, a verdict on the wrong basis, like it's going to be an, lead to an emotional response from the jury, like photographs, for right. example, bloody photographs, mm-hmm. autopsy photographs, mm-hmm. you know, they're relevant, um, and in most cases the, the, court, the courts let them in because they're probative of something. But the judge can say, you know, no, they're going to the jury is going to get upset. The, the jury is going to end up convicting your client because they're ter- they're horrified by what this what happened. Not because they think there's proof beyond a reasonable doubt of the defendant's guilt, and same with accidents, right? Yeah. I mean, you have an accident victim in a in a car, you know, negligence case. The judges are going to let them in, but the judge has the power to say too prejudicial. It's going to upset the jury, or it's cumulative. We had enough, or we had the medical examiner testify. We don't need pictures take too long, jury will be confused, that sort of thing. So 403 really places in the judge's almost unlimited discretion Mm -hmm. how to do that. I remember that from law school. The prejudice outweighs the probative value. I remember that line. Probative value has to be substantially Mm -hmm. outweighed by the danger of prejudice. And the most frequently cited danger is that it will lead to an unreliable result because the jury will be deciding on the wrong grounds. And that's like that's in the hands of the judges, so it's a right. little subjective on the part of the judge.
0: Subject to appeal totally. on reverse, totally, right? except
1: okay. that these things almost will almost never be reversed, because the judge has such broad discretion, and the court appellate court has to find abuse of discretion, and it's almost never going to happen. Okay, because evidence has to be relevant, mm-hmm. but the judge has a broad discretion to keep it out if if it's going to cause a problem. Okay. All right, but then we yeah. have the rest of the Section 4 of the rules, um, which all of which are sort of can sort of be thought of as um, specific applications of 403. Okay. Recurring patterns of evidence. And I think the reason that they broke this down, instead of just inc- saying to the judge, 403, you know, you decide if its probative value is outweighed, is that these recur often enough that they wanted predictability. Okay. They wanted the parties to know if you bring in this kind of character evidence, mm-hmm. this is it will be it will be allowed or it won't be allowed. If you bring in evidence of habit, it will be allowed or it won't be allowed as opposed to leaving it up to this very broad 403 discretion. But really these are all about that. Okay. Probative value versus subs- versus prejudice. Okay. So wait, wait, wait. Don't you can't bank. say that again. Probative so, probative value versus prejudice. It's okay. really all about that. Okay. And in addition, I guess the rules 407 through, I guess, through 415 not only take into account the same balance, you do the same balance, prohibitive value versus the risk of prejudice, but these rules are also designed to further a social policy. Okay. So, for example, one of the basic ones is you can't bring in evidence that someone has liability, uh, liability insurance mm-hmm. to prove that they're negligent or not negligent. I mean, it is some evidence. I mean, the, the argument is that its probative value is if you have liability insurance, you sort of don't care if you get if you're negligent because oh, that's the insurance company will pay it. Right. Or on the other side, yeah. Because you're such a great adult right. and responsible person, you have insurance, which means you never would have driven negligently. Right, okay. right. Okay, yeah, so there's is, you don't have, if you're so negligent in everything, then you're negligent right, in right, getting liability right. so right. Your, insurance, your, your yeah. life
0: is a mess, and so you're driving <laughs> right.
1: distractedly. Okay, but, so there is some, it is relevant mm-hmm. to liability right. for negligence. It is somewhat probative, but its probative value is so low. hmm And the danger of prejudice is so great, the jury's going to say, well, I don't care whether he was negligent or not, the insurance company is paying, let's give this poor plaintiff some money. Right. Right? Yeah. In other (laughs) words, it's going to be overweighed by the jury. That's the kind of undue prejudice we don't want to allow. But in addition, we want to encourage people to get insurance. Got it. It's a social good. So, um, not only are you balancing probative value versus prejudice. Mm And avoiding the risk of prejudice, right? You're also advancing a social good, right? So these rules are just after you. Well, it's really four oh seven mm-hmm. through four fifteen are designed to do that. Well, it's interesting because
0: I mean that's kind of like social host liability and torts. Yes, like it's all the we're same. just promoting right hostesses right. from. But that's what being I mean, responsible for drink to space. some extent. That's what law is. Yeah, yeah, Any yeah.
1: yeah. Law, it's a theme right? throughout everything. Right. Yeah, right, absolutely. Right. I mean, tax law. Yeah you know it's yeah. the same thing you're you're taxing what you don't want to have happen and you're not taxing what you think <gasps> right. is a good thing right you're taxing right. cigarettes very high right. because right. you don't want people right. to smoke interesting. and you're not taxing marriage Right. I mean, you know that's sort right. of, anyway so these rules are really interesting but those are the overall themes okay. overall themes are probit- weighing the probative value against the danger of prejudice mm-hmm. and then as, on the on the most of these not just not 404 four and 405 but 406 but the others is is this behavior something we want to encourage as a social good? Okay, like insurance. Got it. Okay, like discussing a settlement, that sort of thing. So as I right. get when I get to those, you'll see that okay. not only is it is there a risk that the jury is going to give it too much weight, mm-hmm. and it's going to lead to longer pr- process, the trial is going to be extended, the jury might get confused, but also. You know, we want to encourage this behavior, so if you engage in it, we won't use it against you in okay. evidence. That's right. really the argument. Okay. So the first part is, um, before we get to those, character evidence. Um, character evidence is evidence like this. Oh, you know, the defendant... I know the, I've know that i known the defendant for years, and he's very law-abiding. He never would have assaulted somebody. Mm-hmm. I, or, you know, this, I've, I've lived in the defendant's community... Thirty years, our kids went to school. We're on the PTA together. We go to the same church, and he's such a gentle, nonviolent person. Right, that sort of thing. Yeah. Reputation or opinion, okay, uh, is character evidence. And the third kind of character evidence is specific acts, prior acts of the def- of the of a party, um, which the other side wants to use to show that the defendant has a certain curtain character Mm -hmm. now this was you know this was um illustrated very dramatically in the serena williams issue with the tennis tennis tennis. tennis match because well let's she used the word character i would explain because people who are listening may not know what happened okay so so this is what happened serena williams in to make a very long complicated story (laughs) short she was accused of cheating uh, the, um, in the finals match. Yeah, in the finals match EOS of the U.S. Open. Open. She was losing at the time, but I, we don't have to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> so she's like, she w- the um, I forget what you call that person, but the umpire, the... Uh, the ref. The ref um, thought that her coach was sending her signals, and he gave her a warning. Uh, I think it goes warning, point, take, and then... Um, game. Game. Game, yeah. So... She got very upset. He sa- she said, "You're accusing me of taking signals. You're attacking my character." And when she used that word, I thought this is perfect for law students. Honestly, I <laughs> thought because it's hard to figure out when a evidence of, a, of an act would really become under character evidence. Oh. Like so what he's what she was saying was, "You're accusing me of cheating," which means you're calling me a cheater. And you're saying that I am a cheater, and and this connection between prior similar acts and this character proof rule, I think, is hard to grasp. Oh, that's interesting. But that's what it is. That's the connection. There are three ways to prove character: reputation, opinion, and prior specific acts. And both good and bad character. Right? Yes. Okay. Now, rule four or four, however, and you know, one of the first things non-lawyers will say when you say oh, so-and-so, I'm suing so-and-so, he drove negligently, he went through a red light. The first thing most people say was, has he ever done it before? Mm -hmm. Because to most people, the fact that you've done something is an indication that you did it again. Right. Right? That you act consistent with your character. Okay. So... The first rule of 404 is that um, evidence of a person's character or character trait is not admissible to prove that on a particular occasion the person acted in accordance with that character or trait. It is not admissible for that purpose. Okay. Why? Think about 403, right? If, in fact, you drove negligently once before, once before... How probative is that, that under these circumstances you did it again? Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. Right. It is relevant. It's marginally probative. What is the jury going to do with it? The jury's going to say, oh, he's a negligent driver. He must have done this. Right. Or they'll say, well, he did it once before. Let's let's punish him. Right. You know, so... Right? Yeah. That's us punish him. We couldn't him. get him last he's time, so negligent. now we can do him this yeah, way. Yeah, and he's a negligent driver. Or okay. let's just make sure he, gets, he doesn't drive anymore. Right. You know, right. In other words, so the jury is going to use this evidence that someone has a reputation um, or committed an act that indicates a character trait. They're going to overweigh it. They're going to give it too much weight. Right. They're either going to want to punish the person or they're going to say, well, he probably did it. And that's not proof, really. It's not, it's not, it's It's not, it, there is some probative value to it, but not the kind of over-probative value, overweighting that the jury would use it for. So it, we just don't permit it. it right, For is it says just, not allowed. Right. Not allowed in civil cases at all. Oh, in civil and cases. It, in civil okay. cases at all. And then it has a short list of exceptions for the defendant in a criminal case. Okay. The defendant can always put his character in issue. Okay, so he can bring, it up, or Defendant she can bring can, it up. it doesn't have to it has to be a it has to be a pertinent trait under the rules. Okay. So if you're charged with larceny, you can always bring in witnesses to say you're an honest person, okay? You, you know, or or not, my opinion he's an honest person. Or, you know, we don't allow under or for a specific prior specific act okay. of honesty, for example. Okay. Why? Because what would happen? Defendant brings in acts of honesty prosecutor brings an act of honesty of dishonesty mm-hmm. right now the jury has to, is like, confused like do we decide whether he did those other things right or are we de- are we deciding this one like right. what do we do with that mm-hmm. you know so so he can, if, if you can bring in evidence under the exceptions of 404 a2 it has to be reputation or opinion only so the defendant can offer evidence of his pertinent trait prosecutor can offer rebuttal okay um, the defendant can offer evidence of a victim's pertinent trait uh, but then the prosecutor can rebut it, and the prosecutor can offer evidence of the defendant's pertinent trait. So the classic example is um, um, in, a, in an assault or a homicide to show that the victim was the first aggressor, the defendant wants to bring in evidence that the victim has a reputation for violence. Okay. The prosecutor can then bring in evidence that the victim has a reputation for peacefulness and the defendant has a reputation for oh. violence. <laughs> so <laughs> the defendant yeah. opens the door. This is not a freebie. It okay. means, you know. um, and then in a homicide case, the prosecutor can offer evidence of, the, of peacefulness to rebut um, evidence that the victim was the first offender, so first aggressor. So there are these few little exceptions for the defendant mm-hmm. in a criminal case. Then, uh, then there's use of, the, of reputation uh, to cross-examine witnesses, which we don't have to worry about now because that's covered in a different section. But then we have this 404B, and that's okay. the Bill Cosby-type right. issue. Okay. Where okay. There are, he's charged with a drug, a, a, drugging a woman um, and then having sex with her when she was not uh, able to consent or not. Okay. And there are like 11 other people who the prosecutor wants to bring in. And then that's the question. That's that you can see the problem here. Yes. That the that it's relevant, right? But the jury is going to say, "Well, he did eleven times, and I'm sure he did it." Right. And, and really, we don't allow that, right. right? Because yeah,
0: because and I just because the problem there is we're just trying him for this one mm-hmm. instance. And so and the inference that because he did it
1: before he did it now it's gonna, is the prohibited exactly. inference. Exactly. That makes sense. So what 404b says is mm-hmm. you can't bring it in for that prohibited inference. Right? But you can bring it in on a specific issue. Um Motive, opportunity, intent, preparation plan, knowledge, identity, absence of mistake, or lack of accident. Oh my God, I'm having like bar flashbacks. I know, I know. (laughs) It's like an acronym for all of this. Right, right. So, in other words, what we're doing is we're we're increasing its probative value. Right. Because it's... In it, those instances, in, the, in those instances, and we're decreasing the risk of prejudice because mm-hmm. the the judge will tell the first of all the jury will now know what to do with it. They won't be using it to punish, right? Or they won't be overweighting it. The ju- judge will tell them, "You heard evidence that he, um, from you know these victims that he did this before. You may not use that evidence to conclude that he did it mm-hmm. here. You mm-hmm. may only use it on the question of uh, intent." Okay. And so we we raise the probative value by limiting it to a specific issue. It has to be probative of that issue. Correct. And we minimize the risk that jury will use it improperly by giving them a good reason to use it and telling them that reason. So that's the difference. Okay. Okay, and in that circumstance, of course, you do use prior specific acts. If the crime is what we would call a signature crime, where if someone did the prior one, he almost necessarily did this one, that would be that would come in an identity. So the classic case is the brides in the bath case from England, where um, the defendant marries five people, uh, has them sign over their property to him, and each one drowns in his bathtub.
0: Oh, is that true? Yes,
1: <laughs> and he says accident. I don't okay. know. They just drowned. Right. Right. So the. They let them bring in the four other dead wives right. to show that it wasn't an accident, because right. he clearly had to have done it. Or you have the case where, for example, someone writes on the you know, mirror with lipstick, like death to the pigs. or so, I mean, something yeah. that makes it a signature crime, leaves a yellow ribbon.
0: But So what does that, that go to of the acronym?
1: Well, that would be identity. Okay, okay. it wasn't me. I didn't do it. Okay. Yeah, well, some, right? You know, yours had a yellow ribbon, so did the last ten. Okay, you know, yeah. So, yes. so you okay, might, if you sense. did those, you did these. Okay. so perfect. Got so it. it has to be tied to an issue. I, okay. think, Bill, I think the statute in the Bill Cosby case um, had a had a mens rea and i think he was claiming he, it was either intent right. drug someone with the intent to mm-hmm. or that he didn't know that they couldn't consent or something like that okay um but it's a good example in this sense that even in that case the judge didn't let all 11 in he used 403 okay to say well i'll take the most similar 3 or I'll, i don't know i don't remember how, exactly how many he let in but he said i'll take i'm not taking 11 i'm not letting 11 people come in it's going to Prolong it; it's redundant. and The jury's going to get totally freaked out. Not you know use it for the wrong purpose. But give me; I'll let you put proof of the three most similar, or most recent, or right. something the most probative. So that's interesting. So four oh
0: four and four oh three. Four oh three can almost
1: be a cap. Four oh three is you let always, something in under four oh four.
0: Four oh three can still. And that's true for all okay. the four. All, right. all, that's of a the, good all of the rules thing. we're
1: discussing. Yeah. Four oh three is always there. So okay. if you are a defense a, a lawyer. Right and you lose on admissibility, mm-hmm. you always argue for it. Okay, that's okay. good. Yeah, always. Okay. Um, and if you're asked in an essay, I guess... I don't know. I don't test on 403. The reason I don't test on 403 is that it's so discretionary. One judge could say let it in, one judge could say right, keep it out. So right. I don't expect that there's no right answer. Okay. But it's possible that someone would want you to apply 403 okay. and and know that 403 applies. So always keep that in mind. Any issue of admissibility is always going to be subject to 403. three is always going to be the floor. Right. So 405 says that um, when you can prove it under 404A, or mm-hmm. the defendant, or uh, um, you can only prove it through reputation or opinion. You okay. may not use specific instances. It just confuses the jury, and it's too much. Uh, um, when you are proving it under 404B, obviously you have specific instances. And the only other situation that, in which you can use specific instances is when a person's character is directly an issue. Now, the only time that that really occurs is in a defamation case, okay. where someone is claiming their character has been damaged. Okay. Their reputation has been damaged. Right. So there you can use specific instances to show that you that you are a you know, honest person. And right. The thing is false, and then the other person can show that you know you, know, you're, you're, you really are dishonest. We couldn't hurt your reputation. So, <laughs> so in issue is the other thing. Okay, okay. and that's it for character. Then the, the next thing that we have is habit, which is specific instances proof. Right? Someone every time someone gets in a car, they put on their seatbelt. Right. And the issue in the case is a claim that the uh, defendant is claiming that the plaintiff didn't have his seatbelt on during the accident. Can the plaintiff bring in evidence that every time the plaintiff gets in the, gets in the car, he puts on a seatbelt? Now, we would say no, because you can't prove that someone acted in accordance with a prior trait, which is, I'm a safe person right. or something, right? I'm a careful person. Mm-hmm. I'm a seatbelt wearer. Okay. But with habit, we say okay, because it has. if you have proof that it is so repetitive... Under the same circumstances, you almost invariably do this thing. Right. We allow you to bring in evidence of prior specific instances, but you have to convince the judge that it is, in fact, a habit. So, so habit is relevant mm-hmm. to the issue on trial. All right. You can prove, you can use prior acts right. to prove that someone acted in accordance with it, mm-hmm. but only if you can establish a habit. And when you think about it, there isn't that much that's so habitual, Mm -hmm. so sort of Mm non-reflective, you know, and frequent and under the same circumstances. We don't all have that many habits, right? is the truth, Mm -hmm. you know. um, I think getting into the, putting your seatbelt on is. Most people do that without thinking. Right. That's the kind of thing thing we're talking about. You know, I, I was thinking that when I, whenever I enter the classroom, the first thing I do is put in my um, USB drive. That oh. might be a habit, because right. I really do it I'm Without thinking-ly. thinking. Yeah, Got it. so that's the kind of thing we're looking for. Okay. Uh, and it's up to the judge. The issues there are, is it the same circumstance, and is it repetitive? So, for example, take the bus five days a week to work. It's always the same bus driver. It's always the same route. Whenever you get to that corner, the bus driver stops fine, that's habit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I ride it occasionally, and every time I've been on it, no, that's not going to be habit. Right. Or, yeah, it seems like he frequently stops there. That's not going to be habit. Right. Okay, so right. it has to really be probative. Got it. Probative that this almost invariably had to happen mm-hmm. again, and then we allow it. Okay. So those are those are the character okay uh, prior acts, and the way you spot these things is reputation opinion or a prior act and then you ask yourself what is it being used for the only thing it can't be used for is to prove that someone acted in accordance with that trait got it uh if there's a legitimate purpose fine and sometimes there is Mm -hmm. um if it's habit fine but that's what you're looking for a prior act reputation or opinion and then you have to look you know you do your boxes really right. you know what what could it be what what is it being offered for now frequently either in the bar exam or in, a, in an exam that will be given to you if you read carefully.
0: Well, what do you mean, given They'll say, in
1: order to show that the, the, the defendant was the one who committed the crime. Oh, so that's or, that box. Right, it's the defendant using claims it? alibi. In order to show okay. that it was really him, that's identity. I mean, in okay. order to show, what you're looking for is that word, that okay. notion. In order to show what? Right. If it's being used in order to show that the defendant acted in accordance with a character trait, can't, Got it. can't use it. So those are the things to look for. But as I say, frequently testers will tell you, you know, in order to show that he's a negligent person, uh, uh, plaintiff wants to bring in evidence that he um, mm-hmm. has a ticket for uh, driving too fast in the in the rain. Can't do it. Can't right. do it to show that he's a negligent person. Right. Got it. That and if sense. you want to use it to show, for example, that it was in the same place and he knows the terrain, you could do that right. probably I mean, some other purpose. You have to and that's why it's hard for law students. They have to think of the purposes and it's not intuitive. So it's so it's
0: like a two step. Number one mm-hmm. is what is this evidence being used to show? Right. And two, does this evidence show that? Right. And if it shows
1: that for purposes As of long as it's not propensity. Right. You have to, They say go around the propensity box. Get around the propensity inference. If it's used to show propensity, it's not allowed. Right. There's a great Zach, the, uh, Zachowitz case, People Against Zachowitz, which is um, other crimes. But Zachowitz is accused of uh, attacking someone who dies because his um, this guy made a cat call at his girlfriend. This is you know 100 years ago or something. And the prosecutor wants to bring in evidence that he had guns in his home. What's that going to... Right. <laughs> What's the... What right. is it being used to show? Right. That's the first question. Right. What is this... Is, is this character evidence? Right. What is it being used to show? Right. Yeah, it is character evidence. Trying to show what? That he's a violent person. Right. Or that he's a person you don't want on the street, jury, right. so who cares whether he did this or not? Correct. And the court said can So that yeah. would not be allowed right. in. Right. right. So you first figure out is it character evidence and then what is it being used for. And if it's being used to show one of the litany right. motive Right. If it's used used to show one of those, then it comes then in. Then it can come in. If, if it's not, sufficient to be habit, it can come in. Okay. And if it's the defendant using it for a permitted purpose, it can come in. Otherwise, Otherwise no. it can't. Okay, so I'm going to repeat this right. back to you okay. because I
0: think I totally okay. have it now. Okay. All right? So yeah. one party wants to produce right. exactly. evidence against exactly. another party. Right? And the question is, is this evidence relevant to proving the issue at trial? Right. That's relevance. Okay. Relevant. Then the question is, is it... It, Once we know it's relevant, maybe right. Then, then it you, gets to go through that. Then you step, say, what right? is it being used for? Right. What
1: is the purpose of this? That's right. Okay. I wish I had a and if there is a purpose other than proving propensity, right. other than proving that the defendant is of such a character that he probably acted the way that he's being accused of, right. plaintiff or defendant, maybe right. Contributory negligence. Right. It is not admissible. Right. If there is another purpose it's admissible okay likely to be admissible okay Uh that makes sense yeah Um, so I think the hardest part is figuring out whether it's character evidence okay you know know, someone all you have in front of you reputation and opinion is easy right but you know like Serena Williams right you know um, they want to bring in the fact that here's a perfect example that in the open a few years ago she got into trouble again right right is that admissible what's it doing there Probably it would not, not be admissible. admissible.
0: But you know what's uh, interesting because in the public you right. know, the
1: court of public right. opinion right. if you read every article about right. this incident, right. it's like, well she did it before. And Which that's is the f- problem. Right. That's why I think they have a rule against it, because it is such a natural conclusion right. that if someone did it once, they probably did it again, that they just don't trust juries on their own not to do that. There has to be a rule that says they can't do that.
0: And that's a good theoretical point for law students that make right. them law students versus right. Right. you know, public opinion right. people, which I, is, I always tell with my the students. law, right. we want to be more careful right. about right. whether we're really going to punish someone,
1: whether right. it's civilly or criminally. Right. That's, but that's also, I tell my students, why people hate lawyers. Why? Because well, most why people <laughs> think it makes sense to say, well, did he do it before? Right.
0: Right. Well, actually, remember um, what was her name? Casey Anthony, the mm-hmm. one who so we don't. She got not. She wasn't convicted right. of killing her baby, right? Right. And they. She had gotten a tattoo the day before that said "La Vida Loca," mm-hmm. and right. um, she liked to go out at night and leave her baby alone. Right. That evidence may not be admissible, right? It because wouldn't be
1: admissible unless she opened the door. Just, I'm a loving mother, I never drink, I don't party. Right. Bringing in people to say, oh, we've known her for years, she's right. a fine, upstanding citizen. If she opens the door, then they can use that. Otherwise, no. And so this is like an Oprah aha moment for me. Right, right. <laughs> Which is,
0: that's what makes it the courtroom. Right. Is that we're not right. going to allow it through the courtroom that's doors. exactly right. Because someone's financial... Um, finances are at stake if they have to pay right. or someone's liberty is at stake.
1: And, you know, uh, again, it's, you know, we want a reliable result. I mean, I think the rules, I think it's 101, it says the purpose of the rules, but one of the r- reasons to have rulings on evidence mm-hmm. is to um, re- have a reliable result, social, uh, a result that people can rely on, right. that, the, that we can rely on as acceptable, if not accurate, okay. you know, but and fair. Right. So, if the jury is is convicting her of killing her baby because she's a party girl, that's not good. It's not good. Right, it's not good. No. It's not It's not good for... No, it but another change, change hand. how you
0: live your life. Yes. I mean, yes. you, you know, <laughs> right. you know.
1: Right. But on the other hand, if she claims to be you know, the mother of the year, right.
0: then, then she's she opened open, the door. Which is, maybe that's probably Makes why sense. many... Defend defendants don't right. testify, well, right? And, well, it's also
1: why many defendants don't put it, their character in issue. Right. The way you put your character in issue, you you can testify to your, you know, the, I'm an upstanding person, but you have to call character witnesses, right? And character witnesses alone can establish a reasonable doubt, okay. so it's powerful. Right. But once you do that, you open yourself to the other side, which right. is, oh yeah, I've known him for years, and he's we call him Joe the liar, okay. or you know, we call him, you know, right. Um, so the the ones that are left over are are the are the other rules. I mean, for example, you know, four thirteen, four fourteen, four fifteen allows evidence in a sex abuse, sex crime case right. of prior sexual uh, misconduct. Okay. Because we want that in in those cases, partly because we think it's more probative, because it's sort of a sexual thing syndrome. But, uh, psychologically more predictive that right. someone will do it again, but partly because those crimes are very, very difficult to prove. They almost always occur in private. It's a he said, she said, right. or it's a child, right. child molestation. Right. And so Congress said, you know what? We're going to allow propensity proof. We're going to allow proof that this person did this before to show that they did it here. So
0: are convictions of rape allowed in and others? Yes. Oh, interesting. Yes, okay. not
1: only rape, but you know um, child abuse yeah well if, if it's child molestation child, you yeah. can bring in evidence of prior child molestation okay not even convictions right just incidents right and this and if it's sexual assault of some kind you bring in evidence of sexual assault in civil and criminal cases so there's an example of social good right you know but it, there's an example of, of, a, of an exception right sex crimes right the. All right, that makes
0: sense. I yeah. Mean, so it, 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 it's like it's very holistic. It is you know?
1: holistic. Um, well, that's what you want to look for. You want to look for themes. If you try to do each, if you don't have a theme that unites this all, it's hard to just know the rules, right? You right. know, and if you come up with something that you're not really sure, you have to think, well, is there a reason for this? You know, is there a reason for this? Right. And it's always that ba- also that balance right. of prejudice versus probative value. So that's really what the f- rules of six or habit... is habit. 407 408 409 410 411 are all about evidence that's relevant but that is likely to be overweighed by the jury and we want to not use this 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 behavior against somebody so like statements made in the course of trying to negotiate a settlement okay. of a of a disputed claim those are maybe relevant. I mean, if you're charged, if you're if you hurt somebody and they're suing you for a million dollars and you offer to pay nine hundred thousand dollars, yeah, that might be relevant. Like right. you might think actually you're going to be liable, right? Mm-hmm. But we say no because we want people to talk about settling. We want cases to settle. We don't want them in the courthouse. Right. We want them settled. Right. So if there's an actual dispute, mm-hmm. anything the parties say or their lawyers say in the course of negotiating cannot come into evidence. Okay. Right. Yeah. So the lawyer could yeah, say, mon- "Look, my client feels bad. Yes, he was going 75, but he was running to get to his wife or mm-hmm. something." Mm-hmm. Well, would, would you take $100,000? Like all of that right. can can never be yeah, because that, that would that would be against
0: promoting right. settlements. settlement.
1: And you know, the notion is that with settlements you sort of have to talk so we protect the whole conversation whereas with Medical expenses—we only protect the actual offer. Right. So, so don't say anything else. Just say, "Hello, <laughs> I'll pay your medical expenses." No, <laughs> it does change. Yes. I mean, studying evidence does change your behavior in a funny way because you start to think about that. You know, That's and then anything said for in criminal cases uh, in the course of a plea that do, that doesn't result mm-hmm. in, in a, the plea discussions, the criminal right. analog, we don't we can't be used against the defendant as long as that person is talking to a prosecutor mm-hmm. i mean police know. police are governed by the constitution so you have to play with that issue um and then anything said in the course of a plea that is later withdrawn okay like you get up in court you say yes i did it i'm pleading guilty and for some reason or another you want your plea back and the judge gives you your plea back mm-hmm. they can't use that against you either so these things are all probative right but you know we're trying to advance a policy here of encouraging people to negotiate, encouraging discussions for plea bargaining, encouraging offers to payment. Now there are there are you know issues under each one of these, and liability insurance is the same. You've got it. So that's it. Makes sense. All right. So let's just talk quickly about exams. You said yeah. that mostly it's multiple choice. Yeah. The bar's um, evidence is very heavily tested on the uh, MBE. Right. And it's the, it's the federal rules. Okay. And it's all multiple choice. Okay. And so you really have to, uh, my, I tell my students, start on day one doing questions and answers. Learn with how they phrase these things right. because they will very frequently, you know, mix up the right result with the wrong theory or the yes. wrong reason.
0: Yes, stay the bar
1: examiners. Yes. 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 That's why
0: you, even if you're studying for the bar, 50 to 100 questions a day, keep yes. going. Yes. And you know, you can
1: start with it. Ev- I start them with evidence. Okay. I think about review packets that are drawn from in large measure. Right. The bar review um, you know, changed somewhat, but drawn from the bar review books or previous bar exams. Right. Because it's really understanding what they're lo- you know, what they're looking for. Um, it's almost always going to be two. Yes, it's admissible. Two, no, it's inadmissible. Right. And then two with two different theories. Right? Correct. So it's almost two, always two and two. Right. So you know, you, you, I would say that's the first thing you do. So yeah, you think of yes or a right? no. Is it a yes it's or a, yes. is it admissible or not? Right. But then you think about why. Right. And see what the rule says. You know, there are a lot. There will be instances where they'll, where they'll say. You know, it's 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 not admissible because you can never show have you know you never show habitual behaviours. That's wrong. Right. You can't never. So right. Lot, look for the never is right. always right. you know. So you do have to
0: know, I mean, on an exam, you really need to know what the language of the rule is. Yes.
1: Yes. So. Now I include the rules in my exam because I don't really believe people should have to memorize them. Right. On the other hand, the bar examiners don't. Right. You know, but um but i think again you know you digest it you come up with your you know outline and it isn't i don't think it's so much the rule as it is figuring out what they're looking for what what kind of evidence is this in other words you have a high, you have a question that has you know prior sim, uh, you know uh, uh, defendant has a ticket as i said defendant has a ticket for driving speeding right and now you're, you're claiming he he uh You know, he did something negligently. You have to know that that's a character evidence question. Okay. And not a hearsay question. Right. And not an impeachment question. Okay. You know, and not a privilege question. Okay. You have to know that. Okay. And that's why I think doing the problems helps. That's That's hard for law students. Right. Even if they have some exposure to a courtroom or they watch TV, that's the hard part. So, and that goes
0: back to what you said before, which is the first thing you have to do when you see a question is figure out what is the evidence being offered Mm -hmm. to show, right? Right. If it's offered to prove the truth of the matter asserted, it's got a hearsay issue. If it's offered to prove just whether the defendant or, you know, did this wrong act, bad act, what have you, then the issue becomes, is it relevant? Once you know it's relevant, then you go to step step forward in the um, federal rules to decide if there's some
1: other reason why it may not be introduced. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And so... Uh, the way to do the the best way to do that Mm -hmm. i think the best way to do it is actually to set up your two boxes like put that piece of evidence in one box and figure out what the issue is right Right. Uh, first thing you look for uh, what is what what are the elements of the charge or claim right you know negligence breach of duty um what is the defense okay okay what is the defense what do the pleadings say? Mm-hmm. That's where you first look for your issue. Okay. If it's not already in the question. Right. Sometimes they'll say, "In order to prove." Right. So the issue right. is, in order to
0: prove, the defendant sped through the school's... Right. School right. Uh, right. That right. would be propensity. That right. would be not a permissible.
1: Right. 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 In order, you know, in order to prove that he was familiar with the area, then then you have an argument that it's admissible right. for that purpose. Right. Um, so look for the look to the the charges or the claim, the elements of that. The defense right. and the pleadings. Okay. And that's where you start.
0: Okay. Because that's where you see what the issue is. Right. In order to right. is there a legitimate oh. purpose for this? Correct. Got it. Wonderful. Really I I, <laughs> I feel like I learned evidence all over again so many years later. Thank you so much. You're I really welcome. appreciate it. So really helpful. Good. Super helpful. Good. good. All right, thank you. Good. Thanks. So that's my discussion with Professor Lisa Griffin. If you like our podcast, we'd love it if you'd subscribe. If there's a particular professor with whom we should speak or a particular topic you'd like us to address, tweet us at Law or leave us a message at our new website, www.lawtofact.com. Thanks for listening.